Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so excited that you're back and you're listening. So first off, I'm so excited to tell you that the Gay With God podcast will be recorded live at the Wild Goose Festival this year on Friday, September 3rd at 10 o'clock in the morning at the Goose Cast Tent. Now, this is in a beautiful part of the mountains and tickets, I think, are still maybe available. So if you can get those tickets, go to the Empowered uh, Midge show page. Uh, it's empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And you can not only look up everything that's on the podcast page, along with all the wonderful guests we've had, uh, but myself, along with uh, my guest, Dr. Robin, will be leading off a full two days of amazing podcasters. And so you can click that link on the Gay With God show page, see Dr. Robin's bio and all the podcasters, performers, and speakers who'll be at the Wild Goose Festival this year. And just to note, COVID is definitely a theme of the Wild Goose Festival, and we all had to upload our vaccination card and verify that we are vaccinated. So it will be as safe as it can possibly be. And we will be instructed when and where we may need to still wear masks, even if we're vaccinated, just for extra precaution. So if you're concerned about that, the Goose is concerned about that too, and they're taking every precaution. So if you're going to the Goose, you can join us also and be part of the audience um, when I'm doing my live taping. So come see it. And then later I'll be able to post post it here uh, on our podcast here. But if you want to be live and join all the fun, please meet us at the Goose. And there are directions available. And if you go to the uh, podcast show page, um, it will show you all the different links so you can learn more about the Wild Goose Festival if you've never been. I've never been, so I'm excited. All right. The other reason I'm excited this morning is because a lady that I met online, never met her in person, but um, feel like I have because I've seen her online, but um, she has been instrumental. I was just sharing with her that I have have decided in my soul to write my memoir, uh, how I was uh, my journey and and how I got back to the pew without puking um, (laughs) with a lot of shaking, but I got back to the pew. So um, I'm really, I'm really so happy to have uh, Bibi here this morning. She is the pastor of Joshua Generation Community Church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And that's always impressed me just right then that she has a gay church in Mississippi. But anyway, um, she is outspoken for social justice and is determined to lift her voice in order to lift up those who are being left behind. Bibi, as she is affectionately called, is an eclectic soul. She preaches the gospel, offers oracle and tarot readings, and owns the Red Jasper, a new age crystal and metaphysical gift shop. She is married to her amazing wife, Susan, whom she shares her heart, but she also shares her heart with all those that she serves and with her adorable fur babies and her granddaughter. So Bibi, welcome to the Gay With God podcast. 
All right. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to hear, I've, I've heard Bibi preach and I've heard her speak out on social justice. And now I'm going to hear her coming out story and her faith journey, because I'm sure that it's been one. <laughs> so Bibi, tell us your story. Oh my goodness. Do you have a few minutes? <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> but, uh, my, I, I didn't really get to come out. Um, I was a pastor I was, I've, I've been a pastor since um, about 2005 is when I started my ministry, my former ministry. And um, in 2000, I had a recovery ministry. Let me go ahead and start there. I, I, I started a drug and alcohol recovery ministry mm-hmm. and um, it was wildly successful. My ministry took over the whole third floor of the, the, the church and was built a huge network across the state of Mississippi Mm. And I was connected to all the judges, the, the um, um, probation officers, parole officers, all of the, they sent me their people. So I was working with, you know, um, gangbangers and prostitutes and all of the people that had drug issues and anger management problems. So we had this huge, beautiful ministry. It was amazing to watch people transform their lives. And it was mm-hmm. it, and so a lot of gay people, a lot, a lot of LGBTQ people um, were coming through my ministry. And of course, I am, I am completely indoctrinated. I'm one of those pastors. Um, and so what, what are we doing? We're laying hands on them and trying to pray the gay away and trying uh-huh. to, you know, to, to recover from that as well. Mm. And, um, and of course, my sexuality is deeply buried deep, deep, deep buried. And, um, one day I, uh, one of my girls, she was a lesbian. She died. She passed away, um, from a drug overdose and, um, her partner, uh, I had just done their funeral. I'd just done the funeral and her partner. And I, I was really trying to help her as best I could through the loss. And I was standing in the choir loft on a Sunday morning for choir practice and uh, I was singing the song from Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir called I'll Say Yes. And the words simply say, I'll say yes, Lord, I'll say yes. Where you lead me, I will go. I'll say yes, Lord, I'll say yes. And you just kind of repeat this chorus. And as I'm singing this song, it was I was having a vision much like Peter on the roof. And, and Spirit was saying to me, you know, I want you to reconcile my people back to me. They've been exiled and 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 thrown cast away. And I'm having this vision and and I and spirits speaking to me about the LGBTQ community. And I and I can't explain how it happened. And I'm I'm shaking my head and going, I don't, you know, everything in me is going, this doesn't make sense. This goes against everything I've ever talked. So, but I was singing with my mouth, I'll say yes, Lord, I'll say yes. And I, I was having this moment with God and surrounded by people. And and, and, and and as quick as it started, it ended. And my girl's partner just popped in my head and spirit just unctioned me urgently to go and call her. So I put my microphone down, stepped into my office and called her and asked her if she was okay. And she had a gun in her hand. <gasps> And was prepared to take her own life like she was there. And so I knew in that moment that something was really happening and there was definitely a shift. Mm-hmm. So how to leave my church. 
Um, I didn't know, I, I, I knew that I was supposed to. And at that point, spirit really started kind of lift the veil from my eyes and woke me back up so that I could see what religion was doing and I could see the, the abuse and I could see what was happening. And I, and I still, even still, even, even though I see it, I couldn't leave. I, mm. I couldn't leave. And um, one day I just looked at spirit and I was, I was, and this was two years, two years. Wow. Wrestling with God, just wrestling with this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, I was married to a man, my first sober relationship. Cause I had been a drug addict since I was 17. Um, and, uh, so I'm having this wrestling match and I said, God, you're going to have to move me because I don't know how to leave. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I opened my center and, um, had, it was a six month recovery program. They, it was an in-house program. It housed 10 women. We opened it up and I told my secretary, I said, I need a gym that will donate memberships for my girls so I can take them to the gym and keep them healthy. And, and my secretary said, oh, come with me. And I walked into the gym and there was Susan <laughs> and she owns a gym and she had her arms crossed and Susan's a big teddy bear, but she's very intimidating. She's, she's very intimidating. And she had her arms crossed. She knew who I was because the girl's partner that had passed away had left the church and joined the gym and, and, and her and Susan had become friends. She told Susan all about me, mm-hmm. exactly who I was. And Susan was not happy about me. So I walked in and she's glaring at me and I, <laughs> And uh, she said, I don't know. I'll have to put a pen to it. Of course, it was a good tax deduction for her. So she she did. And she um, uh, uh, immediately asked me, you know, what the hell are you doing? Why are you? She was not, there was no, but we became very, anyway, the rest of the story. But um, so I, one day I, it was like, I feel I just fell completely in love with her and I knew um, that I couldn't live, you know, a lie anymore. I just couldn't do that. That that was um, more than I could handle. And so I walked into my pastor's office and I said, I'm leaving the church. I'm leaving Luke and I'm done. And he said, you're just having a midlife crisis. I said, mm-hmm. I'm old. I'm not old enough to have a midlife crisis. I'm not going to do that until I'm at least 50. And, um, and he said, well, you're coming to our house. So he got me <clears throat> and I was not, I was not allowed to leave. Oh no. I couldn't go. And he was meeting with all of the ministry leaders and team, trying to figure out what was going on with me. And, um, and of course they were, um, planning their, um, prayer meeting, um, deliverance um service i suppose um I, w- I didn't know how to leave i had my own car and i'm i'm at my pastor's house and i had my own car and susan said get in your car and leave and i'm like i, I can't you don't understand i i can't just do that and she said why can't you just do that but the control oh yeah was so he i mean it was so it was it was it was tangible and yes 
So I was there for a whole week and Susan's panicking. She doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't understand. She's never been you know, in that type of uh, religious role environment. Cult is what it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had a class that, that weekend that I had to go to Jackson and I had to take two people and we had to go to Jackson. So I got in the car, went and got them. We went to Jackson for the weekend. And as soon as I dropped them off, instead of going back to my pastor's house, I went to Susan's house. And um, that's when it all just, all hell broke loose. It mm. was all hell broke loose. And I told the two people that I had, <clears throat> that were on my ministry team, excuse me. Um, I told them the truth because they were like my best friends. These are my best friends. And I told them and they told my pastor, this was on a Saturday mm. and on morning, my pastor um, um, got up in the pulpit and told my whole story. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so first he abducts you basically, and then holds you and, yeah. and the, that, it's almost like that kidnap relationship where even though it happened in a second, the, the whole indoctrination of the ministry that you were in at the time and the church you were in was so powerful that you did not go against the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. We were, I mean, he, we were taught if you leave the covering, bad things happen to you. And we had a woman that was Mm. left and she got breast cancer and, um, and he preached about it. So I was terrified for a long time as I was terrified when I left. I thought that I thought Susan was going to die. I had nightmares. It's trauma. It's a, it's a deep, it's a deep trauma. Um, and so going through that, I've actually, I began writing a book too called Yay. recovering Christian 12 steps to healing from spiritual abuse. So, Oh yes. So. Yes. Good. Good. So growing up, did you have, were you a part of that church as a small child? I mean, did you grow up in that with your family or? No, I was a wild thing. <laughs> you know, my church was a family. I guess you can tell I'm from Mississippi with this country accent, but um, <laughs> I, I grew up in, a, in the, in the country country. Back, you know, it was nothing mm-hmm. but family. Our little church, my grandmother, my great grandmother built it was named after my great grandfather it was nothing but aunts and uncles and cousins uh-huh. so after church we just me and my cousin laid on the back pew while they did the church thing we, we were just waiting for the chips and dip because we always <laughs> end up church. So, no I had no like no and but I tell you when I met when I met God uh it was September 26 2003 and I, I had lost everything like I said I, I'd been a drug addict for seven years and my mother, I had, I had to move on with my mom, which is how I landed at the church. And they were doing these spiritual retreat, uh, weekend retreat. And uh, a, a woman at the end of the retreat, I didn't want to be there, um, but I, you know, you kind of have to be. And this woman, they called everybody down and uh, she touched me right there on my third eye, right there. And it was like, a, it was like a lightning. It was like lightning went mm. through, through me. And I hit the floor and I was laying there just, just trembling all over. And I, and I felt God's finger. I felt God on my heart. Mm. And I say, don't move, honey. I'm doing a work in you. And I, all I can, I felt all the anger and the addiction and the pain and everything that had just been, you know, 
just piled over the years. It just, I felt it leave my, literally physically leave my body. Wow. I just was filled with like, uh, uh, the only word I can find to describe it is, is true unconditional love. When I walked mm-hmm. out, this may sound crazy, but maybe not to my meta- metaphysical people. I could hear the trees. They, they sing and I could see it. Everything was so alive in my third. I could see, I could see. Mm-hmm. I was awakened and it was a beautiful experience. And, and I started getting spiritual downloads and spirit started. The first thing I got was I'll be like a child. And that was the first sermon that, that spirit gave me. And, um, and then I, of course I got excited about church and I started going to church and uh, because I wanted more of that. And as I was spiritually awakened, as I went to church, I was put back to sleep by religion. Ah, uh, yeah. So that predated all of that. So you you found God, you yes. wanted more, and then the church with the bigotry and racism and manism all just kind of squelched it, and you had to bury it for so many years after that. Mm. And that was at this was the same church. This was mm-hmm. um. And- I had my spiritual awakening, my, uh, my spiritual coma. Yes. (laughs) Wow. So, so did your family ever, are they still around you? Do you still have a relationship with them? I know sometimes, uh, bridges are burned during addiction. Uh, how, how are they now with you and your, your life? Well, um, my family, uh, were great. Um, you know, I got clean in that moment. And um, never, never wanted a drug again. It was, it was, it was really a miracle. Mm-hmm. Family was great. My father, he's a, you know, a racist from way back. He's, and so when Susan and I got together, he told me that I was welcome at his house anytime. And he found out from someone else as well and told me I was welcome at his house anytime, but I could not bring her. Mm. And I went to his house for Christmas that year. And Susan dropped me off and went and had, you know, a margarita and, and a taco at the local, you know, <laughs> yeah. And she came back to pick me up and he was so angry that she was in his driveway oh. at, um, they canceled Christmas the next year and he hasn't spoken to me since. Oh, honey. Oh, it's fine. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's fine, but I'm sorry. I, I'm yes. sorry that people can't see, uh, see us as as people and that the, the gay part of us is just like the heterosexual part of them. It, it only defines who they fall in love with. It doesn't define them as people and, and children of God, you know? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. So, so how did it come about that you started uh, your church now? Well, we um, were involved in L word, Mississippi. That was so cool. If y'all <laughs> haven't seen that movie, Elwood, Elwood, Mississippi, you've got to see this movie. That is awesome. And we did that. And I'm a, I'm a preacher. That's what I am. I'm, I'm a preacher. Um, and uh, I missed it. And after immediately after the church um, chaos, I, I opened up our house. And um, we were doing a word Mississippi and I started the dandelion project, which became it was really just a support group for LGBTQ people. And oh my God, I was shocked 
there were so many gay people in Laurel, Mississippi. And and shock, our house was full every single week. And, you know, we just talked about things. We talked about gay issues. We talked about social issues. We talked about whatever. You know, we, it was just a place where people could be surrounded by people like them. Mm-hmm. Nothing like this. It was it, nothing. And so we had people from 14 to you know, 60. It was amazing. So we started doing that and it wasn't church. We never, we never talked about religious things unless they wanted to ask questions. And then we had a discussion, a, a religious discussion. But um, it was really, um, to me, that church is, it's not necessarily a sermon. It's just being people and in building one another and encouraging one another and loving one another. But we did that for a long time. And um, after the after the documentary aired, I told Susan, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to start a church. And she said, well, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. So, so that's what we did. And I'd had a dream many years before. And um, in my dream, I was pregnant. And I knew it was a spiritual pregnancy in my dream. So I picked up my Bible to find the name of the baby. And I was like, Isaiah's good. Ezekiel's good. And I heard spirit say Joshua. Mm. And I looked up and said, Joshua's good. And I continued looking in the Bible and, and I heard it audibly and woke up out of a, out of a head sleep, Joshua. And I woke up and that was when, um, spirit really started showing me, uh, the, um, the mindset and the, 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 the um, religious slavery mindset of the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing the, the, the story of Moses and Joshua and the, you know, the Exodus There's my favorite book because really I got so much freedom in that story. And that's how we, we were Joshua generation. And the MCC contacted us and we, we um, became affiliated with the MCC. I've since left the MCC and our church is Joshua generation. It's going through another evolution. Um, it's Joshua generation community church, the unchurch, mm-hmm. and it's unconditional, unafraid, and unashamed. And we um, we're really trying to travel and deconstruct the um, the religious structure. I think the um, system that Jesus came to tear down that we just rebuilt. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we're doing. And I, this, this is kind of shocking to a lot of people. I no longer believe in Christianity. I believe in. Say that again. We lost that last word. You you don't believe in Christianity. You believe in. I I don't believe in Christianity. I believe in Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, I believe that Christianity has become the golden calf because people worship the doctrine of Christianity or the uh, dogma of Christianity mm-hmm. and that is the of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe that Christ came to build people, not a religion or dogma. There you go. There you go. Well, and I, you know, that's the thing that when I was trying to get myself back into a church, um, one, I would watch you online um, and, uh, you know, that that helped but that also 
I wasn't in, I didn't feel empowered necessarily watching online because I was too scared to go in person, you know, and sit in a pew. That's it. It just felt so scary to do that again and be disappointed again. Um, and so that, that whole framework and even the, the priest, um, that I met at the church that I go to now, you know, he said that the church, the building is not the church. We are the church and our ministry, our lives every single day is the church. And, um, you know, when, when our dog went missing, I've told the story before, but when our dog went missing after being attacked in the neighborhood and he was gone for like three and a half weeks. And there was a lady from that parish that I had met one time at the human race. Um, and, and she knew that I was kind of hanging out at the mass on the grass, but wouldn't go in the church. (laughs) And, and she came every day. Her name is Jane Drummond. And she came every day to our house and went with me in the woods, through creeks, in the mud. And I said to her one day, I said, girl, this is Sunday. Cause I, I didn't, I went every day. And she goes, I said, you need to get back to your church. And she said, I am the church. And she said, this is my ministry right now. And she said, there's nothing wrong with this. And that's right. Yes, that's right. Because she was ministering to me while I was railing. (laughs) And and we had all sorts of uh, God, God hating conversations during my time looking for Roddy, Um, which he, of course, for those of you don't know the story, he did get home. And he's he's old and and um, feisty and cranky and still with us. And so that's awesome. But um, so so, B.B., in your ministry in Mississippi, I'm interested <laughs> because I, I've seen some of your stories and and how ugly it can be in Mississippi with the homosexual community and the gay community. So what is the biggest challenge you guys face reaching out to the community in Mississippi? Well, it, it was really bad when we first started because mm-hmm. before, before the documentary, uh, there was no, the, the gays were quiet. We didn't. Oh, yeah. Nobody <laughs> talked about being gay. If you were gay, you know, you just, nobody talked about it. We were very quiet. So when I showed up, when I came out of the closet, <laughs> the documentary aired and the community just came together. It was like, it it empowered our entire community. And so all all these organizations, you know, grassroots organizations, we rose up and then they had law that popped up that that, that gave them permission to discriminate against LGBT people. I can't remember. It was SB 2681 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So all of us came together on the Capitol and we started protesting. And that was the first thing that we had done as a community, a collective. So we were really just protecting and this network was growing everything. And so it was really, it was shaking up the gay community, but it was, it was terrifying the straight community. Mm-hmm. And the, of course the churches, of course they passed that law. It went into, it went into effect. So it, to discriminate and refuse to in our community. Then we got marriage equality, which I, I have to say, I married the very first couple in the state. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, I was going to say, I love that picture of you on the Capitol steps, marrying, you know, 
the, the first gay couple. And I just, I was so excited to see that picture. Racial couple too. So we were yep. just killing, we were slaying giants all day. <laughs> when we got that, that the state did another bill, um, HB, mm -hmm. um, 1583, I can't remember the number, but it, it was worse than the first one, which we didn't need it. We, you know, why do you need another one? You already have a permission to hate us. Right. So Susan and I became plaintiffs in that case. Um, our church was a plaintiff in that case. And I'm certain that we are the only church that's ever sued the state of Mississippi. <laughs> and we won at the, we won at the state level. And, um, the DA said he was not going to fight it, that he was not going to waste Mississippi's money. So we thought we were good, but the governor raised the money. Wow. Yeah. So we went all the way to um, um, the uh, Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, decided they wouldn't hear it. The, um, the Fifth Circuit said we didn't have standing because no one has been hurt by the law and the Supreme Court wouldn't hear it. So it went into effect as well. And that, you know, of course, empowered the, the bigots. And we, we had had a lot of trouble, um, but we, we do have, um, when we do have people on social media that will come in and say things and do things and, and um, but it's not um, that bad at the moment. It's mm -hmm. gotten because the bigots have moved on to Black Lives Matter. And that's basically the only reason it's better for us right now is because they have moved on to some other group that they can, you know. And so what we do is we go to the, the Black Lives Matter rallies and we speak and we rally and we, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yes. we, we're just really, we fight hate. We, is it like a world all of its own? It's a different world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so your church is, is still thriving and it's going through a little bit of reconstruction, but it's still thriving. And that's awesome. Um, and I, and I love the fact that, that you branch out and use all your gifts, you know, that it's not just, I'm a preacher or it's not just that I do tarot readings and Oracle, readings, you know, that you, you allow spirit to flow through you in all sorts of different fashions, which touches so many different lives, you know, and people, um, yeah, I learned, I went and studied theta healing and animal communication. And I had some people talk to me about going into the dark arts. <laughs> it's like, are we in a Harry Potter film? What the dark arts? And, you know, my thing is that there have always been visionaries. There have always been Oracle readers and, you know, they might've used the stars. They might've used stones, but all through the Bible, you know, how many Kings had their special person come in and interpret this dream or talk to them about you know, the future. We just gloss over things in the Bible that, that are little nuggets of, of windows to say, look, this has not been a thing. It wasn't a thing back in the day. We never thought it was a thing. You know, you guys have made it a thing. <laughs> you know? So I'm really proud of you, Bibi, for all the things that you guys do down in Mississippi and all the ways that you touch lives and, and work so diligently. You know, you just are so diligent with how you love on people and, and are there to protect them. And, um, 
I'm, I'm just really happy that I know you and that we've connected. So um, if, if um, I, I want you to take the time to, to tell whatever other thing about your story that you think is relevant, because we never practice these things. So I never know what's going to come up, but what else about your life and, and your, your faith journey story is relevant? Well, I think the store, I think the red Jasper is, mm. is a part of my journey. I had a, I had a dream and Spirit speaks to me in my dreams a lot because, um, probably because I don't shut up long enough. (laughs) You heard it here first folks. (laughs) So I I had a dream and I had met, this is a really good friend of mine. Um, I met him at a, a church thing that we had and he, he was sitting there with his arms crossed and his legs crossed and he's seven foot tall, redheaded, you know, beautiful person and so he's a he's just a presence and I walked up to him it was like I recognized him he was one of those people that you just I, I knew and I, I introduced myself to him and I said hello I'm BB and he said I'm a witch and I I said that's that's pretty cool you're gonna have to tell me about that because I, I you know and so we just clicked and we became like great friends immediately course we have completely different spiritual paths and um I had a dream of a, a later a couple of weeks later and in my dream I was walking down a path and it was almond trees and they were in full bloom all the way down the path and as I got to the bottom of the path Daniel was standing there his name is Daniel and he handed me an almond and he said BB we're all the same on the side and I took the almond from him and I walked down a little further down the path. And my pastor from the CC, um, Keith was there. He said, Baby, there's someone from the UCC that can give you a job. And I said, the UCC, he said, baby, we're all the same. And so I walked into this building and in my dream, it was just a block, a gray brick building. And I walked in and I didn't see what was happening, but spirit was showing me. It was, it was people from all spiritual paths, all different. We were all in one room and no one was trying to change anyone else. But when we were all united because Mm. we all the truth and we didn't try to change each other's peace. We just put them together. And as we walked out, we were united. And so I believe that's what the red Jasper is. Mm-hmm. And I have learned so much and it is, I have so many people, I'm going to cry because I hear so many stories and so many, you know, people teach me so much about their spiritual spirit is beyond a book, beyond, mm-hmm. a, beyond a religion, beyond bigger. And I think that we all have a piece of the truth. I believe that if we will just put our piece together and stop trying to make everybody's peace look like our peace, we will truly experience the Pentecost. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I've always said it's a journey of love. It doesn't matter what your building looks like or what your dogma is. It has to be based in love. And I think that's what you know, sometimes with the Old Testament, I don't see all the love. So I, I'm, I love the fact that you, <laughs> that you saw it in Exodus and all that. But, um, you know, the Old Testament is still a struggle for me. And, um, <clears throat> and I'm working on that. But, you know, I think it's love, you know, Christ came with love and, and I can see that in him and I can see the Holy spirit. And I really hope that God is a big black woman, like in the shack. I just, (laughs) 
just need I just need God to be that. <laughs> God is who you need, God. You know? And God there is you. Go. God is me. And God is every black walk in the street and every yeah. person of color. That's who God is. And when we can see the divine in one another, that is truly when you see love and that is truly when you act in love. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh, I knew today would be epic. I just love it. I just, you've given me chills several times with your, with the things that you've talked about. So that, that is awesome. So if, and when a, a struggling gay person who may have that gun close to them, or they, you know, they feel like suicide is the only, and that's the, that's the only reason that I started this podcast that I was tired of hearing more and more of us dying without the understanding that you could be gay with God or however you describe God. Um, so what, what would be something you wish somebody could have told you early on when you were in the two years of struggle and didn't understand what was going on and how, how you can bring your own, you know, gayness out, you know, what do you wish someone had told you? That's hard because I just, I've seen so many people, um, God, and, 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 I, and I try not to use the language of the mm-hmm. church speaking with someone who is a victim of, of, of spiritual abuse through the church. So it's, mm-hmm. I try not to use the word God, or I try not to use, you know, Christianese words, because I don't want to sound like another, just like some, another evangelical trying to get you to the church house, you know? So I, I try to, um, show them my love. I love you. I love you. And you are beautiful. And I think you are perfect. And, um, and I think if people could just see the love from other people, um, and understand that they too are God, I, I, I try to tell people, God is not separate from you. And God does you, you and God are the same were created in God's in you are God. And, and that's what I try. I really try to um, convey that message to everyone. I have, I am, and I am tattooed on my hands. I, on one hand, I have, I am tattooed in lowercase and the other hand I have, I am tattooed in uppercase. I am all human and I'm all divine. And, um, when my human, my divine can live in perfect harmony, that is truly heaven. And that's where I try to, I try to help people find the divine inside of themselves. And, um, that, that, perfect love cast out the fear and the pain and the, and the self hate and doubt. So that's kind of what I try to do. So, well, it's working, it's working. And, and you've, you have probably saved more lives than, you know, just in how you've put your gifts in place. So BB, I want to thank you so much. I know that scheduling was a hard time for us and, and, and you really put yourself out there to do it early this morning so that we could have it, have it recorded. And I thank you so very much. You're an inspiration to me. And I know that you're, you're a lifeline for a lot of people. So thank you for all that you do. Um, And I want to thank the listeners for coming back each week supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with BB, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. You can find, you'll find all of her links there. You'll be able to find links to the church. If you are struggling and you want to go back, you're still doing it online, right, girl? Yes, we're doing recovery. 
Okay. So um, connect with her. And uh, that, that was, that was like one of my little nuggets that I could, you know, pop in and, and, and go to Joshua and, and see what was going on. Um, and I couldn't do it every week, but I could do it. And that's, that's what started my journey back as well. So if you are questioning whether or not you can be gay and be in a relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community. And remember that there is a Facebook group called Gay With God, and you're welcome to join that. But I'm a stickler for these questions because I want to make sure we're always we're all in the right place. So please answer the questions so you can be seen on the inside. And the Wild Goose Festival is right around the corner. Go to the show page and check it out. Talk soon. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.